and welcome back to another episode of Dick Vet Podcast. Uh, this one's all about things to know before starting university. I'm joined by a first year veterinary student, Audrey, and together we discuss moving into accommodation, you know, starting your your course, um, welcome week, trying to juggle the social life and you know study balance, which which is a big thing. So yeah, we we, we cover a lot. Um, I think it's important to note that this doesn't just focus on veterinary students as well um, as some of the other episodes have have tended to. Um, it's a lo- it's a lot more broad because I've got a social subject background myself, so I'm able to bring my experiences in a bit more than I have in in previous episodes. Um, so it's a lot more uh, generalized for university as a whole. So I think it's I think it will be really useful to a lot of people um, just to you know learn a little bit more about what what is like coming to university. As usual, this is just our experience. You know, we can't speak for everyone. This is just what we found when we've come to university and just kind of trying to pass on a little bit of our experience on these things. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you get on to the main podcast. Once again, thank you very much for downloading or streaming and I hope you enjoy. See you later. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. Um, Today is all about things to know before starting university, and I am joined by a first-year veterinary student, Audrey. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Thanks for coming back. (laughs) Yes. I'm surprised you're you're up for it. (laughs) Always. Um, So, I mean, you've now been at uni for, what, six months? Five, six months, months, yeah. So everything's still quite fresh. I've been at university for a little bit longer so hopefully we can kind of offer our different perspectives on what people can look forward to before starting university because we know there'll be a lot of anxieties and and things like that so it's just kind of to put people's minds at ease um about things that we wish we knew i guess um so when it comes to university how can you be sure that you're going to the right place i think for me i was torn between glasgow and edinburgh although I guess I had the good fortune to be able to visit both of these cities and I chose it based on the feeling I got from it because I had done previously all my research on the university's facilities, their syllabus and Glasgow and Edinburgh are actually very similar both being like relatively like somewhat loosely based on the Scottish system as well Mm -hmm. but also under the same branch of like veterinary medicine and how they're certified in a way. And so when you come out of those universities, you are essentially certified. How, how easy is it for people to choose a course? You know, how, how did you know this was the right course for you to do? I think veterinary medicine has always been something that I've wanted to do. I've been very lucky mm. to have always known exactly what I want to do. But I think for those who are still unsure, doing placements and internships is really important, not only for your application, but also you get to see vets in their like vets who are working and it's what you would become when you graduate if you do choose to pursue this particular profession and you see their day-to-day lives you see how they work and because you're there on an internship you get to observe rather than have to do things and so you get an insight into what it is that you're going to be doing and whether it is for you or not a lot of it especially veterinary medicine comes down to a lot of tenacity sometimes and you require a certain level of 
ability to be able to dissociate, especially when it comes to euthanasia or handling sick animals all the time. Vet is a little bit of a glamorized career where everyone thinks that you're just handling cute animals all mm. the time, but the reality of it is very, very different. And mm. I think it's really important to be able to know fully, like the worst parts of vet medicine, right. as well as the best parts, and see if it's still something that you're still very passionate about and willing to pursue. Mm. But I mean, that's just kind of my experience with veterinary medicine. But how about you? How? Did you choose your degree? Yeah, uh, well, it's a bit different. I feel like something like veterinary medicine or even medicine in general, I feel like people are quite sure when they go into something like that. Um, I, I do history, and to be honest, it was it was a weird one where my frame of mind, and it's one that I'd actually kind of um, recommend people doing as well, whereas I knew I wanted to go to university, I had decent enough grades to go, um, and I pretty much just chose my favourite subject and just carried that on. Uh, I really enjoyed history at school, I had really good teachers, um, and I, I was all right at it, and I, I did find it interesting enough as well. Um, and so that's why I decided to do it. I didn't really think too much of it, especially when it's more of a social subject degree. You know, you've got a lot of leeway to go into other things um, as well. G- you know, during your degree, you can switch. Um, you can switch, or even afterwards, you're not you're not stuck in the field that you've got your degree in. So for mine, it was more just I'm I'm enjoying it now. I'm going to carry on doing it as long as possible. And you also get to take other subjects alongside. You get to choose yeah. certain side majors essentially. yeah that's correct um, they're called your elective subjects I guess which is kind of like your so I did um, two history in first year two history modules in each semester of first year and, and second year um, and then you get to do a third module in not quite anything you want but you've got a really really good kind of um, range of different subjects you can do it so I did a module in politics I did one in uh, business I did one in archaeology um, you know the uh, you can you know do a language or something if you wanted um, yeah my flatmate's doing Chinese dropped out yeah. of it and chose it to expand really? instead I know a guy who's doing economics he did a module in, in Mandarin so yeah you, yeah you can go into a huge amount um but yeah, let's not focus too much on the courses because we've looked at that in other episodes, um, which you can check out if you want. So things before starting uni, I guess another big concern a lot of people have is maybe about accommodation. We've not talked a huge amount about that, um, and it's not really our place to recommend accommodations for people. But do you have any tips for people moving into you know uni halls for the first time, maybe moving away from home for the first time, and you know getting to know their flatmates and how they can you know make sure the whole transition is a successful one I think it really depends on whether you prefer a flat with more people or less people that's something I really wished I looked at before applying so I chose my accommodation I live at Salisbury Court which is in Newington area so I chose it because it's really close to one of the bus stops that leads to the vet school essentially because I chose that so I could walk a very short distance to the bus stop every day and my flat currently has 10 people so there's 10 of us including me so it's a relatively big flat mm-hmm. compared to other accommodations which typically have four to five people and even though I don't see all of them a lot because I do study veterinary medicine and I'm at Easter Busy, yeah, <laughs> quite a lot, plus other societies as well. And so I guess socializing with them ha- does happen quite frequently, especially if they're studying in the kitchen or if we're cooking. Like sometimes some flats I know they do joint 
dinners mm-hmm. where like they take turns cooking, and which I think is actually a really great idea. Like mm-hmm. if you get along with your flatmates, it's amazing. And who knows, next year you might want to move in with them as well. For sure. And I guess things like that as well, it's good for saving money and trying, mm-hmm. you know, different dishes and different cuisines. Especially if they come from different, like different nationalities, come from different regions. Yeah. I think that's, I was going to, one of my top tips, well, I kind of had an idea of some top tips that I kind of wanted to share. And one of them was this kind of idea of just being really curious. Um, and in the, the best best way possible, I've, I'm, I'm... And open-minded. Be curious and open-minded, yeah, and not judgmental of other people because, you know, I don't really know many other situations where you're going to be thrown in with so many people that you've, you know, that are, I guess, out of your comfort zone in a sense that you wouldn't have spent much time with before. It's a really good melting pot of so many different people. And at university, you've got this really good experience to get to know them and get to know more about their backgrounds and really just broaden your own horizons as well. And it really helps you see the world in a different light when you're, you know, you're not just focusing on what you know, but you're, you know, you're willing to engage with other people. And yeah. Yeah. Make especially since you're actually. like both starting out at university and around uh-huh. the same age and going for the same things, it brings people together in a way which you can't really imagine otherwise so typically we used to like stay in our own comfort zone we Mm. talk to people who are like us but because we are essentially forced to stay in the same area Mm. we well for those of us who do care we get along really really well because we're all experiencing a new thing for the first time and freshers week especially everyone's just really friendly really looking forward to like settling in and helping out each other out and I think that's like a really special time yeah I think freshers week or I guess welcome week is a bit of a weird week right it, it was it was so hectic My yeah schedule was <laughs> all the taster sessions yeah all the like booths that pop up freshers free shop oh my god that was great I picked up like <laughs> bottles and plates and you have to go to Ikea at all yeah I think the welcome week is a weird one because there's really big pressure as well that you you know it's oh it's your first week at university you feel like you're gonna have to you have to meet everyone yeah. you have to do everything yeah. and I think I can, another tip I've kind of got is yeah that's great I think you should push yourself to to do as much as possible and you know join new societies and push yourself um, but also know your limits with these kind of things as well if you know you're not a big drinker don't force it um, I did not go out once in freshers yeah, week but I think then you find your group better as well you know if you're constantly forcing you to go out you're spending more time with people that you don't have much in common with if you look for other ways to socialize you'll find people who, who enjoy that you know and i think there's quite a lot of like non-drinking social uh-huh. and the one great thing is i found that a lot of societies or like socials that societies hold there is not well there isn't the pressure to drink and there are like non-drinking socials which you get to know people about having to drink alcohol mm-hmm. and even if people do choose to drink you're not pressured in any way yeah but Freshers Week is exhausting. So you're right. I agree mm. with your um, statement about the limits. And especially if it's you coming from a new country, it's a completely different environment. And it drained me so much that I didn't expect it to, honestly. Mm. But I think because of that week, there is also that pressure to find, like instantly find your group of people. Mm. But sometimes it really isn't the case. I still haven't particularly found my group of people mm 
But I think it's also important to not beat yourself up about it and to understand that these things take time. And even if people seem really close now, it might not necessarily be that way. Yeah. And not to change to fit in, in a way, and yeah, to stay yeah. true to who you are. I guess that's important as well, just be yourself when it comes to these things, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a really great chance to kind of express yourself in, in, a, in ways that you maybe haven't felt comfortable doing before, you know, joining the groups that you maybe um, wouldn't have back at home, you know, wh- whatever that may be. And I think university tends to just be a really an accepting place for, for everybody as well. So I, I think there are obviously fears and anxieties, but it's such a good place to just be yourself and people will will respect that as well. There's no point trying to fit yourself into a box that you don't fit into, just, yeah. just for the sake of it, um, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. And yeah. all the societies, there's a society for you. Like Edinburgh oh, yeah. has such a wide range. Mm-hmm. And they, it's all on their website, so you can go on to USA and like check it all out beforehand, which I did. Mm-hmm. And then they have their dates of their testers, and their testers is very, very low pressure. Yeah, yeah. So like it's just for you to go there, try out. I went to the gymnastics taster without knowing full well that I wasn't going to join, mm. but just because I wanted to see what it was all about and to brush up on my skills a little bit. But they were really, really nice, even though they saw me every taster off from then on, from then on. But I didn't have a gym membership, so. It's a bit expensive. Yeah, that's okay. I think um, I think they kind of respect the kind of just going into to give it a go, yeah. and you never know you could fall in love with yeah. with that thing. Exactly that you were to do. Um, so, kind of mentioned what we talked about uh, Welcome Week. There, you talked about how exhausting it was for you, um, and it can have a, a big impact on a lot of people in a, in a number of different ways because it's a, you know it's a new city. You're living with new flatmates. Um, is there any tips for international students such as yourself to kind of adapt to to Edinburgh and university life in general? I think because there are societies for nationality, so there's the Chinese society, the Malaysian society, Singaporean society, Hong Kong society. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I don't know much about the Eastern European societies, but I'm pretty sure there's a Lithuanian society mm. and... Well, there's also Russian-speaking and Spanish-speaking societies. So there's definitely something for you there. Yeah. And I think if you do put in the effort to go find it, it can help you a little bit. If you if you think it will help you, going to those societies will give you a sense of home and belonging in a way, which allows you to be a little bit more grounded before spreading your circle wider. Um, I understand why some people would want to kind of stay in their little circle, little mm-hmm. bubble. Yeah. But... I feel like university is just such a good chance to meet people you never would have otherwise met. And yeah. They're around the same age and going through like a similar stage in life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like maybe helpful to have like a home society, but also do consider other sports and other possibly arts societies, which yeah. bring together people of many different cultures and nationalities and who knows you become much more international in a way and I think that's valuable yeah I think that's quite exciting as well yeah. and I guess societies like that as well though it's really good for I don't know having cooking that reminds you of home celebrating like um, the day things what do you call it? Well, oh like national I mean, holidays and stuff yeah there's national holidays there's also the festivals ah that was a word so you get to celebrate all the lantern festivals the dragon boat festival the ghost festival all the festivals all the festivals <laughs> yeah um Sorry, that kind of reminds me of something else I was meaning to say. Learn to cook 
a little bit. Oh, I've loved cooking. If you can. <laughs> yeah, before going to uni, know how to cook certain things. Like I think, things you can yeah, kind of eat. Two or three dishes, maybe at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think do it when you're at home. Try and it you've got the time. Try it at home. With your parents. So they, you don't burn down the house. They can tell you how... They'll tell you truthfully how awful yeah. it is. But I mean, as long as you can stomach it. Yeah. It's good enough. You can live yes. off bolognese for a long time. <laughs> but I think cooking in general is just a valuable skill. So freezer, yeah. freeze everything. Freeze it's everything. great. Freeze yeah. chili, make a big batch of chili, freeze it. Meal prep, all the jazz. And it saves a lot of money as well. Yeah. Um, which is great. And as you kind of said earlier, it can lead to really good uh, communal feel in your flat because if you're, if you're all cooking together and you're all eating together, you know, someone cooks, someone does the washing up, splits the chores up a little bit and it does make it a lot nicer to live with people who, who are keen for doing that. Yeah. So I think just suggesting that to your flatmates if, if you know, you're newly moved to university, um, this is a really good way to get to know each other. Or uh, even just people you meet in society as friends you meet along the way. Mm. Just invite them back to your flat, cook them dinner. Yeah. Food is such a great bonding agent and... If you both cook together instead of having to go out to eat, not only you're right that yeah. does save a lot of money, yeah. but also it's just the joint working together on something that really mm. bonds people together in a way. Yeah, yeah that's quite interesting. As you say, there's, I mean, so many websites now online that you can just even if you're not good at cooking, I'm not great. I don't like spending a huge amount of time at it, uh, but there's so many websites that you can, you know so many recipes for food under half an hour 20 minutes whatever it may be so there's not too many excuses not to learn a couple of dishes I think before and comes little is so cheap like I yeah. just buy lettuce from there and eat it raw that makes me really weird that is but weird <laughs> that is so weird I mean it's it's a quick source of vegetable if I need to like run out of the door I'll just grab a whole romaine lettuce and run out the door <laughs> Maybe not include that. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna be the, the first thing that people hear. Like before I even say, hey, welcome, it's going to be, yeah, I just eat lettuce raw. It's healthy. Eat vegetables, eat fruits. You don't want to get sick. Register to a GP. There you go. What more advice could you need? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I mean, that is good um, advice because you do really need to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mentally, um, physically, emotionally, it's... It's, it's a big challenge some people can handle it better than others um, you know some people find the change really easy and, and that's great some people n- not so much but it's quite important to talk to people if you can if you're going through a tough time especially at the start of uni right yeah like your flatmates like I can honestly say that most of my friends flatmates that I've met they all seem really really nice and everyone kind of gets along I haven't really met so many people who hated their flatmates in first year mm. So, I mean, it's up to you and it's a little bit of luck at times, but gauge for yourself and how much you want to trust your flatmates. And then, yeah, like they're like as much as everyone seems busy, like people are always down to listen. Yeah. And and also that is kind of quite an important topic that we did discuss a little bit, I think, in episode one, which seems a long, long way away now. <laughs> um, but the university does have. Um, sisters in place for people you know who just wanted to talk things through I mean they've got the got the peer support system and the personal tutor system as well for um, anyone who wants to you know talk about these things they've got the chaplaincy in central as well um, which is a good place that you can go and just uh, if you know you need to talk about anything or you need a, an extra set of ears 
for your problems um, and even the advice place which is kind of a bit more about offering information you know if you're struggling with with um, rent or you know if it's financial or if it's personal or is it mental health problems or anything like that the university does have these really good things that you can check out which kind of does make it a lot less daunting as well which is great I think it's very interesting to see how the awareness of mental health has progressed and all of these new things are popping up and people are starting to take more of an interest and actually offering their support in more constructive ways for sure um all right let's switch the topic of conversation around a little bit and go back to the academic side just before we wrap up i think we've been going for a good amount of time but i'm just kind of wondering how how, how different is studying at university compared to maybe in school i think it also depends on which um schooling system you came from right so i came from international baccalaureate so ibdp for some of you who don't really know what it is it's essentially you take um six subjects plus a theory of knowledge and you have to write a thesis and so personally i think ibdp as hard and as difficult as it was it was a really good preparation for university especially now that we have to write essays but referencing and the style of writing and academic papers in general it just forms a really good background but those who do ap a level um, I think we do national fives and or nationals and hires hires, yeah. hires. there's definitely going to be some overlap but yeah. not not necessarily to like that great an extent but I think for Edinburgh particularly they really ease you into it and your personal tutors are always there to help and the lecturers mm. are really nice you can just email them at any time they're super chill they'll answer any questions you have you can just explain that you've never encountered something like this before but I think the first exams that you face in AB1, they are actually, they are difficult because you have not been exposed to these kind of questions and the question format and style and how you're supposed to answer them. They're very open-ended, especially the short answer paper. And so I think once you get into vet school, all the lecturers would go through exams and how to write exams and what exams are like and their past paper examples online. So everything will be okay. But I think the first time you take an exam, it's going, it's going to be daunting. Yeah. It's completely new. And especially since you're now studying something that isn't just biology, chemistry, English, Chinese, math, whatever it may be. But it's now more focused on your chosen career path. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like for history, but for that, we have certain modules in a way. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've got something quite similar. Obviously, it's such a, a big degree uh, you're going to have to focus in. Um, one of the kind of main things I, I, I've kind of come to terms with, and it took me a wee while to actually come to terms with, is how much more independent you've got to be at university. Um, I think, I know vet, veterinary students, you have a lot more contact hours um, than, you know, maybe we do in the social si- uh, social subjects. But you've got to do your own readings before, you know, lectures or after lectures, before tutorials and seminars and things like that. You've, you know, um, if you really want to understand the subjects, you've got to be on the ball, and it's it's not up to any anyone else anymore. You know, in secondary school, it's maybe up to your teachers to teach you. But while that's still the case to some extent, it's kind of up to you. If you don't understand it, yeah, you've got you can turn to these people to help you for sure. But um, I think a lot of the time, you've you've got to kind of 
understand that it, it's on you now it's your degree that you're working towards and it's got to be your work and it's, it's a lot of the times you're learning as well and it can it can take a while to adjust and get into that you know schedule of doing it that way I think it, it is really beneficial I think for vet med because you're right we do have a lot more contact hours we have practicals that we are required to sign into I think but we have the practicals after lectures but lectures are really just to give you an idea of what's going to happen and practicals are the ones that really consolidate the information because you see it in front of you and you actually get to do it Mm -hmm. and especially say anatomy the way you study anatomy might be very different to how you previously studied say biology or chemistry even though they're similar I think you need to find out what works for you and the one thing which I always appreciate about Vet Pals which is a support group well a similar support system of uh, mentoring system in the vet school is they really go through different exam techniques that they themselves found helpful and you get the opportunity to try them out yourself and actually find out what works for you I think that's pretty important I think that's a really great thing about societies in general um, that you have some older students as well who have been through exactly what you've been through you know if you're talking to second years or third years they've often done the courses or the modules that you've you're practicing on or you're, you're studying for um, and so it's a really great you know idea just to just talk to these people to see what their experiences were like and they can send you like past paper questions they can send exactly, you their notes yeah. tell you you should set, you should spend less time on anatomy and do more on histology <laughs> or vice versa or cell bios actually as fiddly as it is you just need to know a lot of it and not too much depth and it's just that advice that really saves you a lot mm. of time yeah for sure um was there anything else and well any other advice that you'd have about you know balancing work and social life in general or is it you know is it a case of knowing when to switch off or <laughs> the face you're looking you're giving me is that uh, you're still trying to figure this one out <laughs> uh i am a bit notorious for liking to stress myself out right <laughs> i took a part-time job and i am very yeah. involved in a society and i do veterinary medicine as a subject I think it's knowing what you want and prioritizing especially right um work-life balance you really should maintain it like I've seen some of my classmates who just study all the time and I feel like that is not only detrimental to your mental health but also that takes the fun of the course and vet med already is such a grueling course and I think you really should get out there socialize whether it be joining society or not if you don't yeah. join society get to know some of the other years get to know some other people who do different courses maybe people you mean the library just be open to meeting other people and that is probably a good a good way to maintain a work-life balance without having to f- invest too much in other things I um, my own advice <laughs> um, but yeah did you have any other tips at all or things that you wish you knew before starting university not really just be prepared I guess in general be prepared yeah for I guess coming here in the first place um, pack what you need to pack um, if not get your parents to ship it over okay <laughs> ship them over be open minded about meeting new folk and other other cultures and other you know backgrounds that you're going to meet um, don't be discouraged if you don't immediately find your group of people yeah and, and stay true to yourself yeah. I think that's kind of the exactly overall overall summary of what we've been talking about today 
Okay, so I think we've covered everything that we want to today. Uh, we've talked a lot about things that we wish we knew before starting university. I really hope you found it beneficial. And, you know, if you had any worries before coming here, hopefully it's helped ease them up a little bit. Um, thank you very much for downloading and streaming. And also thank you to Audrey for once again joining us on the Dick Fight podcast. Live always appreciated outside help when it comes to university and making decisions. So glad to be here. If you found this episode useful at all or the series in general uh, please give us a nice review and pass it on to someone who might find it useful as well check us out on various social medias um, on Twitter we've got the Dick Vet Facebook you can find us at the Royal Dick School of Veterinary Studies and also Instagram we're under the Dick Vet but yeah that's pretty much it um, for series one I hope you've found it useful. We may or may not be back for a second series. Um, I'm not too sure. If not, I hope you've in- enjoyed what we've made for you. I've been Stephen Ray. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. <laughs>